Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride with Chris Harris Jr. and Patrick Coyote. I am Patrick Coyote. I am joined, of course, by my co-host, Denver Broncos cornerback extraordinaire, all-decade corner, Chris Harris Jr. Chris, my man, how are we doing today? Doing good, man. Excited to get back on, talk some sports, talk some news. Let's see what's going on around here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, the last Here's few episodes, we've uh, we've started with talking about the uh, Damian Lillard situation in Portland. And, uh, you know, they had a meeting yesterday with the team, and uh, it doesn't, doesn't feel like Dame's going anywhere just yet. So that's something to definitely keep an eye on. But in football news, the Denver Broncos have announced – dates for training camp this is huge training camp is one of my favorite times of the year uh everybody out there sitting on the hill sitting on the lawn uh having a good time getting baked in the sun and watching the boys go to work chris you you were a part of many training camps in denver beautiful scenery there at at the fields um you know one of the things that i want to talk about as far as training camp goes is like the expectation for for a NFL player going into training camp and and you know I'm sure that you can speak on the expectation from a few different viewpoints one being the undrafted free agent rookie one being the veteran player who's who earned a starting spot in the team and then one being the the veteran that's on the other end of it so yeah for you what is the what what's the expectation of a player going into training camp for an NFL program Man, like you said, is everybody's in different stages in their career, and um, the 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 number one expectations is is that you better come in knowing the system, right? Uh, because whatever you do in OTAs, you install the system, but once you get to training camp, you just redo it. It's like redoing it all over again, right? So you expect a guy that you already installed this information to to be able to be on point, and really, it's like just review. You should already know everything and not have mental errors and be on the same page with everybody within the scheme, right? And be able to answer questions. That, if a coach asks you questions about any anything within the defense, you should be able to know that that going into training camp. So that that's always an expectation for me. I think I would have that for my players is that I'm just like Coach Payton. He just installed a new system, right? Yeah. You, you should expect them guys to have some mastery of that by the time they get back to training camp. So that's one thing that you you hope to expect these guys are doing. And, of course, being in shape. You better be working on your game, making sure that you're in shape, making sure that you're doing everything that you can to possibly be ready to go from training camp because that's when a lot of injuries do happen. You know, guys are not in shape. Yeah, and that that was something that Sean Payton definitely talked about in his press conferences after OTAs was how different the training has been as far as their weightlifting goes and their conditioning goes. You know, it, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what that expectation is. And and I'm really interested to hear what Sean Payton has to say after every practice, because I know the media out there in Denver is going to be all <laughs> over him as soon as every practice is over. But real quick, I want to throw up yeah. the dates here for training camp. Training camp first day starts in July, July 28th, 29th, 31st. Then we go into August 1st, 2nd, 4th, 5th. 8th, 9th, 15th, 16th, and 17th. Tickets will be available 
to fans uh, through Ticketmaster. All tickets are free. I believe it is capped at 3,000 tickets, though. Mm-hmm. So get your tickets now. You will not want to miss this, and you do not want to be disappointed when you don't get a ticket. I, 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 man, I usually try to get out and go to at least, you know, two, three days of camp a year. And, and the last couple of years, it, it's been crazy. Last year was insane because it was mm-hmm. the first season of Russell Wilson. Uh, there were definitely a lot of people. Uh, the hill was packed mm-hmm. to the brim. You know, we, we, we were able to see Sierra, you know, that, that was awesome. She walked right by us <laughs> a couple of times, you know, uh, everybody's down there with the, the wives are down there with all the kids and, and it's a fun time, man. But, uh, for you, what was, what was your favorite part of training yeah. camp, man? Cause I know those, those Denver days can get real hot out on that grass. Yeah. Yeah, uh, man, we had uh, my favorite time. Favorite time in training camp, definitely. Uh, we used to have like little freestyle battles, man. Just seeing the young guys, you know. And we would just do this in the whole de- uh, the whole defensive room, you know. Yeah, Vaughn, everybody would stop it. There, put two rookies up there. They'd have to have a, a little rap battle. So that those are always fun, especially seeing the little rookie shows and yeah, and um, going through that. Those those are always fun all through training camp and, and just really just sitting in the locker room playing dominoes with the guys and playing cards, you know. You know, yeah. uh, you, we always did that, you know. Uh, yeah. And that's what it's always fun, man. Just just join that time with your teammates. Uh, that's the time where you kind of build that camaraderie, right? You build right. the trust. So when it's time to go, when it's time to get under that pressure and we're under the lights, uh, we have that connection that we can go out there and be on the same page. Yeah, I love that, man. I, you know, for, for those who don't really know what it's like to be in that position, can you walk us through mm-hmm. like your typical day in training camp, like yeah. from from morning to the end of practice. Yeah. Oh man, uh, we would have Coach Fox. Every coach does it different, you yeah. know. And uh, the way they Coach Fangio's was like, he had the worst schedule at all. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Fangio had no breaks, man. We were gonna be there until nine, you know. Yeah. It, was, it was long, you yeah. know. It was long. Um, Coach Fox, he used to have, okay, so we'd have to wake up, say, everybody has to wake up at like seven o'clock. That's sure. like the normal treatment. If you get hurt, you got to be there probably at like six, you okay. know, that's just, this. if you're hurt, you got to be there probably an hour, hour and 30 minutes early. Right. So you don't want to get hurt during training camp things. Yeah. You don't, you don't want that to happen. <laughs> um, after, so then you would, some coaches, right. With, we would install defense mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, and then you would have a little break, and then you would come out and practice. Some coaches would do it like that. Uh, yeah. My favorite way to do it is wake up, you know, let's get straight to the field, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's why I love Kubiak's schedule was the best. You know, yeah. we woke up, we got our work in, you know, and um, after that we could watch the tape, install later that day on the new defense. But I always loved that schedule because you come in, get your work in. Then you got – Kubiak always gave us like a two-hour, three-hour break. You can go get you a little nap in, you know. Yeah. Come back, get your mind right. Come back and finish the day, and uh, you would have a. You always have a walkthrough too yeah. uh, after practice later on that day, where you just kind of walk through the different coverages, um, guys walk through different routes and things like that, and you do that every day. So that's kind of like how they replace the two a days. Now, now it's not two a days of banging. Now you have a walkthrough on that second part of the day, and um, so it just depends on how the coaches set the schedule. 
you know, some coaches will give you that little break, you know, and let you come back uh, rejuvenated, and some don't. So just depends yeah. on what coach you have. But that's my favorite schedule, to wake up, let's yeah. get it going, you know, and then after that I can get a little nap, and then we can watch the tape and break it down, you know. And then, yeah. you, and then can't forget this, you got a lift too. You yeah. have to work out. You have lifts to do. You have things that you have to do to make sure that you're ready uh, every day that you have to do with the strength coaches also. So that's kind of like a daily football schedule, seven to nine, more than likely. Some give you – some are like eight. Yeah. Um, but that's usually for how many days? A month? At least yeah. a month. Yeah. So – and then once you get the preseason, the, the schedule kind of tweaks a little bit. But uh, you're still going hard, right? Just because you have a game, it's kind of like practice to the coaches, right? right. It's like a scrimmage. So yeah. it's not um, – they're not treating it like it's – it's a game, right? It's a game, but, but it's not like a regular reps. season game with that impact. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to take your reps off in practice, right? right? Just because you got a preseason game don't mean that you're not going to practice hard, yeah. right? So that's kind of the difference. Now, is there is there a way – in training camp, you, you, we always talk about in football, like it's, it's way different when the pads come on, right? You know, yeah. we, we spend OTAs in, in shorts and helmets and, and, you know, they, there's, there's a little bit of chippiness in OTAs sometimes, but you know, when you get mm -hmm. to training camp, it's a completely different animal for you. What was one of the ways that you would, you know, set that tone in training camp for mm -hmm. like, you know, the offense is going to, the offense is always going to benefit from, seven on seven, you know, in the drills, they're going to protect the offensive players sometimes, but you do have the ability to set the tone. So what's one of the ways that you mm -hmm. would set the tone during training camp? Yeah. Man, we would always try to come out, come out before, you know, I think the best thing is starting off right. And that was just always my motto. So my way of setting the tone is coming out, you know, 15, 10 minutes early, doing all my fundamentals, making sure that I'm technically right. Uh, coming into practice. And then once we get to practice, I always had a mentality of just go. Right. I'm going to fight you. You know, that was just, that's just me. Yeah. So uh, anybody that knew if they were practicing, if they had two five lined up against them, they know it was a fight regardless because I was fighting for my life. You know, I was trying to yeah. make a team. And, yeah. and I always kept that mentality. So um, it was, they knew it was going to be a battle with me. That was always, that was always my uh, attitude how I approached the field. And that's how I set the tone. So, you won't yeah. have you won't have to fight for this ball. It ain't gonna be easy. <laughs> yeah, and you definitely had to you had to fight against some some big time receivers as well. So you know, we've talked about yeah. your favorite part. We've talked about you know your schedule for training camp. Now your least favorite part of training. I know yeah. for a fact that there's one thing about training camp yeah. that you absolutely hated. You gotta let us know what that was. Yeah, man. Probably when you get to like week three, you know, when that body when. You, you just like, man, I can't, my whole body's sore, but I got to fight through it out here, you know? Yeah. So that's when it, that's when you see guys fall off, right? They might come out hot the first week or two, you know, being pretty consistent. But once we get to like week three, the end of training camp, dudes fall off because they're not, they can't mentally handle it, yeah. right? That's when it tests your mental and your body physical. Can you go out there and still be productive while your body is dead tired? Right. right. Still right. performs under stress when you, when you're dying out there. Right. You know, yeah. in a critical condition. So uh, uh, so that's the difference. Right. And uh, you, you you have to learn how to be able to do that as a player and be able to uh, mentally be ready.
Yeah, especially during those Fangio years, you know, I, I would hear yeah. I would hear little tidbits from certain people, <laughs> like how how grueling the practices were, how you know yeah. how strict everything was. They you you guys would yeah. do certain things uh, in a in a way that was just exhausting. But you know, like you yeah. said, you got to have that mental capacity to push through it. The physical stuff. Yeah. Yeah, your body's gonna break down. You're you're putting so much stress mm-hmm. in your body. You're hitting guys every day, but it's that mental part that gets you over that right. hump. So now that we've talked about training camp, I, I want to get into this article that was released by the Athletic uh, this morning, and it was a it was a mailbag questions uh, for the, the Broncos, and one of the questions was, you know, what is your project? What is your projection for Russell Wilson this year? And it, uh, Nick Cosmiter, who is the author of the article, he said he expects Wilson to be a top 12 or 14 quarterback in the league in terms of efficiency per dropback. And and for those who don't know what that is, it, that is the EPA that we see sometimes. People talk about EPA efficiency, uh, efficiency uh, or expected points added. And, and that's really becoming like the metric for uh, determining how good a quarterback is, you know, Box mm-hmm. score is box score. We we can rely on that. But this metric has become the go-to uh, to determine how good a quarterback really is. So top 12, top mm-hmm. 14 doesn't sound that great, Chris. It really doesn't sound that yeah. great when you look at it, especially given all the picks that we gave up, all the players that we gave up. For Russell Wilson to be a top 12, top 14 quarterback with these tools, uh, with the players that he has, it doesn't sound that exciting. So you know, when we're talking about the expectations for Russell Wilson, what are what are what are your expectations for Russell Wilson? I expect yeah. him to at least be a top fifteen quarterback. I think that that's good yeah. enough to get the team going. But what what do you think? What are your expectations? Yeah, yeah I think that's pretty good right there around top fifteen, middle middle of the pack. Yeah, uh, just because man, you see the other quarterbacks, man, that he has to compete with, and yeah. And uh, it's a tough lead. list, even even right lead. in your division. You got yeah, two yeah. quarterbacks. We need Russell to be able to fight to be the number two quarterback in yeah. our division Absolutely. to give us a chance, right? He has to be – we need him to be better than Herbert, right? Yeah. Because we know he can't be better than Mahomes. Yeah, uh, that's, so that's it's going to climb. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's, it's, that's a tough battle right there. Yeah. So that's what we're going to take. We got to look in within – uh, our division first because you win your your division, you get first and second now in the AFC West. That might give you a chance to uh, be in the playoffs now, right? Yeah. First and second, might you might have a great chance to make it in. And uh, so that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing him being a mineral pack this year. Sean Payton's going to make it easier for him, Definitely. right? Uh, he's going to find ways to get Judy the ball. Of course, we get Tim Patrick back. Huge. Uh, last year, I just seen so many, so much play action. I say yeah. spread it out, let yeah. Russell Wilson run and gun, put him in some tempo situations, get him out the pocket, make things easy for him. And I think he can definitely climb back up in that top 15. But to say that he's going to be a top 10, top five, it's going to be very hard for him to do that. Yeah, that, that's going to be tough. And, it, and there's definitely going to be uh, a lot of the younger quarterbacks from these last two, three years that are starting to come around. I mean, Justin Fields is one of those guys who, you know, he's he's been in a really – tough situation in Chicago, but he's definitely yeah. got the tools to be able to do that. They spent a lot of money. They traded, you know, they traded for DJ Moore this offseason. Trevor Lawrence is starting to come around. I mean, his jump from his rookie yeah. season 
I, I think we can just call his rookie season a wash because Urban was not doing him yeah. any favors at all. But uh, and then Daniel Jones as well. Daniel Jones had a huge year in New York last yeah. year. You know, people are going to call it a fluke, of course, but like it, there's there's the possibility that he could keep on that track. So for Russ, it, yeah. it's it, like you said, it's all about putting him in that right situation. Peyton, I feel like is is definitely going to do that. His offense is is very friendly towards quarterbacks. I, I think the biggest thing to see to wait and see is are they going to hit the middle of the field more? That's something that he did yeah. a lot in New Orleans with Drew Brees. They ran a lot of dagger. Yeah. So you know, get getting that big wide receiver going vertical coming across that like that screams Jerry Judy. It screams Tim Patrick. It yeah. screams Cortland Sutton. So those are big things for us to to look out for. You know, of course, injuries last season yeah. he dealt with so much and, and it wasn't even so much of the physical injury as well he was going through a lot yeah. mentally too that, that was something that was really kind of overlooked it was talked about a little bit in the media coverage but his uh i, I believe it was his personal mentor that he had for years passed away and yeah. uh, during the off season and that's you know that's a huge change especially after a big trade yeah. from a city that you've been in for 10 years and it, it, that's a lot going on so these injuries, he looks like he's slimmed down. He's on a new workout program. Yeah. You know, he's he's doing that slide, yeah. you know, the slide thing between the dumbbells. You know, yeah. we can think about think about his workouts however you want. As long as he's not doing high knees on the plane anymore, I'm fine with it. But uh, my my biggest question for Russ is: Is he going to return to form? And I think Chris, with Sean Payton coming yeah. in and his offense, he does have a chance to return to that form that we saw in Seattle. Do, do you think that he yeah. could get back to that form in Denver with yeah. this group this year? It's going to be very hard. I think he, uh, the offense is going to be a lot better for him. I yeah. think with Sean Payton, of course, he's a way he's an offensive genius. I don't think yeah. uh, Russell Wilson's had a co- coach uh, his capability as, you know, his standard of where he's been at, you know, as an offensive coordinator and what he's done in this league. So yeah. just off that, we expect Five to ten more touchdowns, you know, from the yeah. offense, you know, just just by <laughs> at least scheme. Sean Payton, you know, uh, the thing about Drew Brees is that Russell Wilson and Drew Brees are they they kind of play totally different, you yeah. know. Drew uh, Russell's always been a guy that throws outside the numbers, the mm-hmm. moon ball, you know, yeah. deep deep shots, yeah. you know, always that's that's been Russell's game, you know. Um, Drew Brees always worked the middle of the field. You yeah. know, because probably Russell had a probably more stronger arm than Drew Brees. So it's kind of how, how can you combine both those? If I'm right. Russell, I'm working on the more of the middle field this year. Yeah. Uh, but can uh, when we used to play Russell, we used to say, hey, guys, try to be big in the middle. Try to put them hands up in the middle yeah. because make it hard for him to not see, you yeah. know, and make and we know that Russell wants to try to get out the pocket. So that was kind of how we kind of try to play against him when he was younger. And uh, I haven't played against him recently, but those would be kind of things that I'd be kind of looking for. Is he? Is he? Is he? Has he improved in throwing over the middle? And yeah. that's something that I want to see this year, especially training camp. Yeah, definitely for sure. And when I was at training camp last year, there were definitely times when you know he would throw those strikes over the middle. They would have you know five yard mm-hmm. ins, or they would run slant concepts. Um, there were a couple times where they hit court or tim over the middle of the field or or even dolchitz coming over the middle of the field and and then it was something that we never saw in the regular season so it's really going to be interesting to see how he can change that 
from training mm -hmm. camp and especially being in Peyton's offense where they do attack the middle of the field a bit more. But it, it, it's also going to be how well can he pick up this offensive scheme? Because there's a lot of things in yeah. Peyton's offense where as the quarterback, you have to be cognizant of certain coverages yeah. of, of certain personnel. There's I was watching some of Drew Brees's film uh, from the last season that he was in New Orleans with with Sean Payton. And there were times where he would smartly check out of calls and, and you know, they would have the matchup that they wanted and they would he would kill, kill, kill and go into that next play. That right. has to be something that Russ does because he did not do a lot of that yeah. last year. And it really, it really hampered the offense. So hopefully Russell yeah. Wilson can meet those expectations. Hopefully he is a lot better this season. We want to see Russell Wilson win some football games. You said five to 10 touchdowns. Right. I think that is the floor. We need to see way yeah. more. We need to see more production from this offense because the last five, six years have not been great. The defense works way too hard for the offense to be sputtering about like this. So, Chris, right. this brings us to my favorite segment of this show, the no-fly zone. Okay, It's all about you. You know, it, you, you, we talked about training camp and we talked about your favorite part of training camp, but is there yeah. a specific favorite memory that you have from training camp from your time in Denver? Man, favorite memory. I would say my rookie year, man, just coming in, you know. Uh, when I first got there, it was during the lockout. So it was a weird oh, year, you know. Oh, uh, we okay. just kind of – we started just like out of nowhere, you know. Right. Uh, I had a couple teams that that was trying to pick me up, but I went with Denver just because they had a clean slate. Mm -hmm. So uh, just go, just joining in, you know. When you first get to get to uh, the NFL, you know your eyes are wide open. You don't know what's gonna happen, right? <laughs> yeah. If, as soon as we get there, coach is like, "Hey, y'all gotta run, y'all gotta run a run test," you know. And that was like Ooh. the first thing we did, you know. All the vets, everybody's back, you know. But I'm like only the one, only the rookies there are just the undrafted because right. none of the Vaughn and them haven't signed. Yeah, you know yeah, Raheem yeah. and them they haven't signed yet. You know, so I'm, it's just the undrafted in the vets. You know, yeah. <laughs> so that was just a, uh, and it was like that for like a week or two. You know, Vaughn mm. and them just they didn't get there uh, immediately. So uh, that was just whole time. You know, just uh, being with no draft picks, being the rookie, and then. Hanging with the Mets, you know, that was just kind of fast forward. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? And uh, so I remember running that run test and then a couple of vets just dying out, falling out in the field. And, you know, and as soon as we got done with it, like, they were cut. So I was like, oh, man, that was yeah. my wake up to the league. Like, hey, you better be ready. You better be in shape. So that was one of my good memories, you know, that, yeah. hey, you better always be ready. You never know what's coming. Hey, the NFL stands for? Not for long. <laughs> that's that's yeah. for sure. You can't. They enjoyed their. They enjoyed their. They enjoyed that. Uh, that break too hard, man. That long uh, <laughs> layoff they have. <laughs> man, they, I, I've heard stories about the run test, man. And um, you know, I, I have a buddy of mine who played football at Eastern Oregon and uh, Eastern Oregon University, and and he showed us their. They call it the Mountie Run, and I. It was like oh, seven hundred yards of of like. You go diagonal at one point. You're going, you know, <laughs> sideline to sideline, diagonal, diagonal. Like I was like, this, this is this is kind of crazy. I don't know if I can do this, but I've I've heard the stories about the NFL run test, man. Um, yeah. you, you know, going from training camp, 
you know, we, we talked about your expectations going into training camp and, and learning a new defense, learning a new coverage. And I, I want to get your, uh, your advice for young DBs. I I've been around, you know, quite a few, uh, quite a few teams with young DBs who some, sometimes mm-hmm. they just struggle to understand what their job is and what their role is in coverage is, whether it's, whether it is man, some believe it or not, some kids yeah. have a hard time understanding their job in man, um, whether it's, a, you know, a specific zone or whether they're running, you know, a sky look or, or some kind of hybrid zone, um, like, you know, cover six or, or a cover three sky. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for a young DB who is struggling to learn their coverage? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, try to watch film of guys that are doing it correctly. You yeah. know, hey coach, show me how to, do you have any presentations or anything that I can see a guy doing this drill or doing this coverage correctly so I can try to implement that to my game and do it, do it the right way how the coach wants me to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of players are not coachable, right? They're not able to adapt to coaches. You know, I think yeah. in my career, I almost had a no DV coach almost every year, yeah. right? So you got to be able to adapt to your coaches, being able to adapt to how they want you to play in the scheme uh, of, of their system, right? Yeah. The techniques that they want you to do. It might be different from what I did two years ago. Uh, Coach Joseph might have a totally different way how he might want me to play this technique right. uh, compared to how last year's coaches want me to play or how Fangio want me to play this cover three. Now it might be a true zone with Fangio, but with Coach, Van- with Coach Joseph, it's going to be a match cover three. We're going to play this like, man, we want you to squeeze tight to the man on any vertical, right? So – you got to be able to understand, you got to be coachable and understand exactly what your coach is asking you to do within that scheme, within the play call, within that system, and understanding what everybody around you is doing. That's when yeah. you go to the next level, right? Mm-hmm. When I can start, bam, I already, I, I know what you're doing, my linebacker. I'm working with Danny Trevathan or something. I know what you're doing, right? Oh, I'm, I got my safeties back here. I know what you're doing. I'm talking to Akeem and Rosie. Like, you got to yeah. be able to understand what everybody's doing on the field. And once you're able to get to that, then you can be at that elite level on understanding the game and the schemes and how teams want to attack you. Yeah. Hopefully I I was able to answer that. Yeah, no, that's a perfect answer. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've definitely used your, uh, some of your tape for teaching, you know, trail technique going under the, you know, chasing a guy uh, who's running a drag route. You know, some of your tape is teach tape uh, as far as staying on the hip, getting your hand across you, you were probably one of my favorite guys to watch as, as far as uh, you know, staying on the hip, tracking the hip of the receiver and getting that front yeah. hand across they, one of the most simple things for a DB to do, but you would never believe the amount of kids who just have a hard time understanding where to put their hands, where their body needs to be. Yeah. You know, if they're, if they're playing in trail, you know, where are their eyes supposed to be? What are they supposed to be looking at? How can they punch through the ball correctly? And right. so that's probably one of the best pieces of advice that I've, I've heard. Just watch tape on the pros. They know how to do it correctly. Yeah. You were one of the guys that I definitely showed to, to some of the DBs that I've coached over the years. So, uh, Chris, awesome conversation. I do want to yeah. end on a, on a really uh, great note here. I saw that you have a football camp upcoming. Yeah. Tell us all about it. Plug it in. Yeah. Oh, man, I think this is my 12th year I've been doing camps, you know, and just uh, we always do them 
uh, back at home and where I'm from, Bixby, Oklahoma, really, really Tulsa, but uh, went to the suburb in Tulsa, yeah. uh, Bixby High School. And we're a powerhouse, man. So just shout, yep. throwing that out there, man. Yep. We're the top you are. school. You are. Yep. But uh, just going back there, uh, being able to have, uh, we do a VIP camp where we do exclusively with if parents and kids want to be able to ask me questions, anything on the field wise, life questions, anything. And then we also do uh, a family day. We invite the whole family. You know, we usually rent out the basketball gym. We have nice. slides and different, uh, you know, games, popcorn, cotton candy, food trucks, you know, fireworks. We do it all, man, for these kids and uh, try to um, continue to just uplift them in the community um, and just continue to uh, just help them improve in life. You know, in Oklahoma, where I'm from, there's not too much to do, you right. know, other than play sports, you know. Unless you're gonna do some rodeo, you know, it's not too much to do. <laughs> it's not, it's not too much to do. We got in Oklahoma, so yeah. it's all. I try to make it like a major event. And I think it's July 21st on a Friday. We do it at yep. uh, usually starts at five to eight, and probably always usually goes longer. But um, it's kind of like a, a Friday night lights, you know, putting them under the lights, oh, that's awesome. giving them a chance to, you know, everybody watching them, giving that high school feel, and um, having people come out and compete. And it's always try to give out. MVPs and things like that. So it's it's always a blast. That's awesome, man. Hopefully, well, I was able to break down the whole process. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Chris the Chris Harris Jr. Youth Football Camp, Friday, July twenty first, five to eight p.m. at Bixby High School yeah. in Bixby, Oklahoma. Open to boys and girls, grades three through eleven. Chris, that it's really right. awesome that you do that, man. It, you know, being in football camps is is definitely uh, an experience that. I loved as a coach being able to teach these young kids the the basics and the fundamentals to help them grow and yeah. be a better football player. So kudos to you, kudos to your foundation. Oh, yeah. Thank you for all your your hard work in that. And that does it for oh, yeah. this episode. And I got I got one more thing too. Oh yeah, um, I, Plug I, it. I forgot the school name, but it's a school in Colorado. I, I'll get the district. Uh, my wife is telling me about it, but we're definitely going to help them out because. Um, they the kids didn't have food for like the district, so uh, we're gonna definitely donate and try to send the uh, families or that school district right there to be able to help get the kids some for help them with food being able to eat during school. So I'll find out that school. So next time, so I can yeah. pub it out to them and make yeah. let them know that we're definitely coming to help for sure. Yeah, please, 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 and thank you yeah. again. Thank you so much for all that you do and all all that your wife does. This has been another episode of Let's Ride with Chris Harris Jr. and Patrick Coyote. Please follow us both on Twitter at Chris Harris Jr., at Patrick Coyote, and follow the Believe Network at Believe Network. Make sure that you subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And Broncos country, until next time, let's ride. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.